Be Frankie. Be Frankie. What's up, Fight Fans? It is episode ooh, 159, I believe, of the Fight Library. Yeah. Um, I have an action-packed show for you guys today. I've done one, two, and three guests before, but today we're doing a Fight Library first. We have four guests on. So, here you go. Bubba Jenkins, Eric Anders, Alex Morono, Dylan Price. All four of these guys joined the show today, and uh, yeah, Bubba Jenkins is insane. Eric Anders, me and him get some football talk. Morono, insightful as always, and young man Dylan Price with his dad. All four of these are just fantastic. So let's go ahead and play some music real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and get on into the show. All right, first up, we're going with the young man, Dylan, the real deal, Price. Uh, Dylan is a former Money Mayweather boxing fighter. He was um, signed with Floyd, and him and his dad decided to part ways. So he is 10-0, and he is fighting on the 7th. He has a uh, really good hands. This kid is great, and I, I enjoy watching him fight, and you guys will too once you dive on in. This talk is fantastic. His dad gets in. We all just having a good time. And this episode's full of nothing but good times. So without further ado, Dylan Price. The real deal, Dylan Price is here. He is coming on the show again. And he is finally back in the boxing ring. Dylan, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm just taking it day by day. I'm excited to get back in the ring. I'm fighting at home. And I can't wait to go in there and show everybody everything I've been working on. So I got uh, Pops on the line with us, too. Pops, what's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just bring with Pop, not Pop Smoke. <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing well. So, look, this is your first time in the cage in a year. Yep. It's, the, been, a yeah. challenging, it's been a challenging year for everybody, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. What, what's this year been like for you, Dylan? What, what's, been the, what's been, you know, going on in your camp? Uh, well, through this whole COVID, uh, we just been staying active. You know, we have our own boxing gym, so we just been training every day since everything started nonstop, just waiting on that call. So now you got it. You are fighting yeah. on the seventh on yep. the undercard yeah. of what is it? That's Dawson and Floyd, right? Uh, yeah. Awesome. So All right, going fighting it, fighting at home. You got to be yep. excited to come back, right? I'm I'm super excited. This is my first time um fighting home as a professional. Really? I thought you would have fought there before. That's awesome. That, so, nope, yep. this is my first time. First special thing. Are there going to be people in attendance? Yeah. yeah there's going to be people in attendance. Oh, yep. you got to be hyped. Yep, I can't wait. And and this is my first uh, cool main event. So. That's I'm, cool. I'm super amped. This is going to be yeah. a good fight for you for sure now. Yes, uh, you just got your opponent, right? You're fighting Jose Rodriguez, yeah? Yeah, yes, sir. So yeah. tell me about that. How did that match make get to the whole kind of last minute? Uh, I feel like he's a tough opponent, a uh, rugged guy, but I'm just going to show fight night that it's, it's just different levels. Levels are insane. It's way, it's way different levels. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love I, it. Honestly, I, I don't underestimate no opponent, but I'm just being real with myself, and I know my talents. I don't see this fight going the distance, to be honest with you. So your last fight ended in a TKO as well. It's been a year, yeah. like we mentioned. What? Mm-hmm. What different version of Dylan Price are we going to be seeing? Um, slick, fast, strong, uh, explosiveness, elusiveness. 
I'm just gonna be. I'm a different animal. I'm gonna show I'm a different animal. I'm on a different Ooh. level than, than a lot of you guys, and I'm gonna show that uh, come November seventh. Honestly, awesome. honestly, uh, I was supposed to binge show it uh, last January. I was supposed to fight home in Philly when I was with Mayweather, but that didn't fall through. But it wasn't in Yahoo's plan, so I'm not gonna complain about that. But I'm just happy he gave me the opportunity to have a chance to fight back home and show everybody. So I'm just grateful for that. So you brought up Mayweather. You were signed with Mayweather Promotions, and y'all have split. What was behind yep. that? Why Why did y'all split from Mayweather Promotions? I'll let my dad answer that one. Well, Mayweather's a good company. Uh, but there were a couple of issues, um, primarily the matchmaking uh, that I wasn't happy with. Uh was happy with the shows we were on, happy with the money. Uh, but when building a fighter, uh, you need a, a, a seasoned matchmaker. And they had made a switch. Uh, mid-range uh, with their matchmaker, they promoted somebody within house, and we just weren't happy with those services. Um, so for me, that's the biggest thing, uh, as I said, with a young fighter. Um, so uh, I, I just decided we would do it uh, ourselves, uh, where I would handle the matchmaking and uh, the promotion portion for the time being. Uh, maybe for the next year, year and a half, get about five fights, five to six fights, then we'll revisit uh, once again, when we're 16 and 0, maybe we go back to Mayweather. Maybe we jump on somebody else. You know, we'll we'll let the um, we'll let the uh, just let it play out. See how it goes at that point. I, I think that's real important too. What you said here with the matchmaking, because I I feel like a young camp can't get obsessed with the name Floyd Mayweather. You know, being under Mayweather's camp, they got to right. do what's best for the fighter. You know, and if they're exactly. not doing the right matchmaking, I think that 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 hampers a career. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. And, you know, everybody doesn't have uh, options that Dylan has as far as, um, you know, resources with myself and others. So they may not be as fortunate um, to have those, so they can't make those moves. But um, for us, we just started with the best move. Um, guys that are with them um, and they're happy, you know, God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. But just for us, we thought it best that we move from them. Yeah, I, I I totally respect that too. That's that's a big deal. So Dylan, yeah, Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, they're gonna fight. I mean, it's gotta happen, right? How's that fight yeah. go down? Uh, I would say Tyson Fury. He Tyson showed me Fury? a lot. In that, he showed me a lot in that Deontay Wilder fight. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't want him to win, but he showed me a lot. Yeah, I was pulling for the American too, but man, Tyson, he's just so fun, you know. I'll take him I'll take him in, in a battle of the UK Giants for sure. Uh Joshua's great, you know, he's he's really technically sound. But I feel like Tyson Fury just brings something different to the table, you know. He's fast, he's got really weird motions and stuff, and I think that's what confuses a lot of fighters, yeah. Right. No, I agree. He lies on his feet too for heavyweight. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy how good he is. Yeah. I, I, it's legendary. Um, yeah. Last thing I want to talk about before I let you go, man. Uh, we saw Teofimo Lopez claim the uh, claim the four belts. I I was I was shocked. I honestly thought Lomachenko was going to give him a lesson. But my dad been telling everybody you know, leading up to the fight that Lomachenko, I mean that Teofimo would do that. He he was incredible, man. He took away uh, he took away the best weapons that Lomachenko had. Um, yeah. To all the people out there, stop trying to take the credit away from that man. Saying exactly. that Lomachenko wasn't his best. Let that man have his shine, man. I hate stuff like that. Yeah, no. You read him fair and square. Let it be that. 
Yeah, he did. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I feel like Lopez did everything he should have done to win that uh, fight. He kind of he kind of lulled in the second half of the fight. But right. what re- what really shocked me was that twelfth round when he came yeah, out and he was like, "I could be losing this fight." He nice. showed, he looked he looked like he was a thirty fight veteran there. He did, he did. I, I was super happy for him and his dad. So. So what, what really impressed me about Lopez or what really caught my attention was he was talking about the young blood coming up, this, these new guys. Um, you know, you got him, you got Shakur, you got Tank, you got all these young guys coming up that are about to be the new generation. Uh, you got to feel like you're part of that. I mean, you're, you're a young man. You're coming up in this sport too. You got to feel, though, that, that you're, you're, you're on the next wave, right? Yeah, I definitely feel like I'm a part of the next wave. And um, I'm just working uh, – every single day on the mistakes that I need to correct so that I can uh, uh, become a complete fighter that I need to be, to uh, be and stay on that level. I'll be there in no time. I love it. I love it. So where can everybody catch the fight? Uh, I think I think it'll be live stream. Well, we'll have it on our page, D-Boys Nation. I'm not sure if it's going to be an official live stream. Perfect. I'll make sure we get it on your page and get it uh out there. Where can everybody find you on social media, Dylan? Uh, you can follow follow me on Instagram at Dylan the Real Dope Price. Awesome. Dylan, Pop, I appreciate you guys, and I'm looking forward to the next fight. Thank you, man. Right. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you to Dylan, and thank you to his pops for coming on. It was really fun to talk to him. I like these young boxing guys, these young cats coming up. They are great, and they are going to uh, be the future of the sport. So you guys heard them here first, that's for sure. Next up, we're talking to Alex Morono. Alex is fighting up on the UFC card coming up as well, and he's out of Fortis MMA, Texas. He uh, just talks about, you know, Khabib. He talks about all just what Fortis is kicking out in the welterweight division. He talks bouncing back his last loss from Chaos Williams. So let's go ahead and dive on in. So, man, so how's COVID been, man? Have you guys been doing regular training or what? Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was, it was pretty rough. You know, I, uh, I own a, a martial arts gym in Houston, and, uh, you know, it's, it's my wife and I main priority in business. It's a, it's Gracie Baja the Woodlands. It's a gym I've been training at since I was a teenager. About, I don't know, maybe six years ago, uh, she and I took over ownership, and I've been teaching there for play eight or nine years and and man you know i just put you know my pretty much my whole life's work into growing the business and building the team and you know through you know actions you know that i had absolutely no control of you know we actually came pretty close to to losing you know losing the business if we'd stayed locked down for another month or two we'd uh we'd have got so far behind it would have been worth trying to keep it going <clears throat> but thankfully that that kind of like you know the, the the rules changed a bit. We opened back up, and people were looking to uh, to exercise and socialize, and we had to uh, keep a few different rules in place. You know, taking temperatures, having no contact in the beginning, and then uh, and then doing just one partner for the whole hour. But that actually ended up working out pretty well. You know, as things are opening up more and more, you know, we're kind of getting closer and closer back to normal. And you know, at once we realized the the severity of the year, we you know we didn't plan on making any money. We just didn't want to keep losing money, and we actually were able to kind of, you know, level out those numbers, which was good. So, you know, COVID was rough. But in terms of training, 
I've, I've been going to Fortis and been working with pretty much just the welterweights. And then, uh, then when I'm home locally, uh, I usually have like one or two training partners that I work with pretty consistently, you know, bigger guys too, which is good. So it's been pretty safe. Man, so Fortis, what are y'all doing in there? Y'all are killing the game right now. Y'all are one of the best up-and-coming gyms. What are y'all – are they, like, feeding y'all, like, jet fuel or something? Man, I wish. I'm a, I'm I'm the smallest of the welterweights, which is great, but also very tough. But, no, I mean, it's, it's – it's you know, thankfully there's a really big stable of fighters. Those guys have been together for a while. You know, I joined up with them about three and a half years ago, I think. And it's really – we have such a good leader in Coach Safe. I mean, I'm sure if you've heard of Fortis, you've heard of Coach Safe. Yeah, and just like the uh, the expectations and goals he sets for all of the fighters, like both in and out of the fight game, you know, just as martial artists, as teammates, as people, the, the expectations are so high, and uh, and he doesn't really give us a choice. You either like, you either do it or you're not on the team, and uh, and it just gives the guys such camaraderie, such motivation to work hard and win fights, and he's just so smart and realistic on you know, what our goals should be and really doesn't give us any other choice than, you know, train hard and win. Yeah, and and you can tell by the product that you guys put out at Fortis, man. It's just, um, you can tell it's the next level of mixed martial arts coming from that gym. And there's some other gyms around the world, too, that do that. But I think Fortis does it especially well. Um, Let's talk about Reese McKee a little bit, man. He kind of had a, you know, they they gave him Godzilla in the first fight he was in the UFC. (laughs) Uh, and Hazmat Chemaev, uh, have you done any tape study on him, or are you just kind of focusing on you or what, man? Yeah, yeah. You know, I always enjoyed the strategic side of combat as well, um, and so I always do all uh, – probably more research than I should. And uh, But I also learn, you know, to focus on my strengths and not give the other guy too much credit, you know, just not to change my style depending on a fight. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, he did have a very tough matchup in uh, in Hamzat. But one thing I actually listened to one of Reese's interviews – and, uh, and he was like, you know, everyone claims to be a fighter. He's like, I'm a fighter. I took the fight, and those guys wouldn't. And I actually appreciate that aspect about him. But, uh, but I mean, yeah, I, you know, I watched his tapes from, from before he was in the UFC as well. And, uh, you know, I've been in his position before. He's young. You know, I got in the UFC at 25 years old. He's 26 now. You know, I'm coming off a loss. He's coming off a debut loss. I know that lights a pretty big fire under you to train hard and work hard. And, and thankfully, you know, the guy seems like a striker. He doesn't seem like much of a grappler. <laughs> you know, my game my game plan never really changes in any of my fights, really, no matter who I fight. And, and I'm thinking we'll be able to kind of stand and bang it out, so that should be pretty fun. But, uh, but you know, you know, this is my 11th fight in the UFC. UFC is a shark tank. You know, this the, the, the kid's going to have a, a, a tough first contract, you know, I'll, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, definitely. I, I feel like you can re- relate to his fight, too, because of your last loss against Chaos Williams. They kind of gave you a, a, a Godzilla as well, man. Um, what's what's the feeling like coming into this fight? Because the last fight obviously didn't go how you wanted it. Um, do you feel like you have something to prove in this fight? I mean, yeah, yeah, I had some big takeaways, you know. Other than Valentina Shevchenko, I was like the biggest favorite on the card. You know, I, I had done a crazy amount of research on on chaos as well, and like, I mean, a great athlete and martial artist, sure. But in terms of like our experience difference and our our skill set difference, you know, that that was a fight. You know, you know, by the odds makers, I should have won, and I just let it get away from me too quick. I lacked a little bit of discipline, and kind of saw red right when that fight started, and just didn't find range, wasn't patient, and started, you know, exchanging way sooner than I should have, and you know, paid the price for it. And uh, and man, yeah, I mean, I certainly want to get back in that in that win column. 
and uh, you know that, that that was just part of the game. You can't you can't like mixed martial arts, you know, when, when it's awesome and, and chaotic, but then like you know dislike it when it works against your favor. So yeah. I just wanted to be a little more disciplined and a little more patient. And uh, and I just got you know I've always trained so well and been very technical, but man, when when you get the four ounce gloves on, you know, and you finally see the guy in the octagon, you've been training a couple months to beat up. You know, in the past, I would I would struggle kind of keeping it cool, and I would just try to go there and, and crack with punches. And, uh, and you know, I've learned, again, every, you know, I've, I've had consistent, you know, good lessons learned after after big win streaks. I'd go on a big win streak. I'd get a little comfortable. You know, I'd want to start exchanging harder, you know, and I'd let my guard down. And then I'd be like, damn it, I made the same mistake again. You know, I'm going to fix it again. So usually after losses, I come out super cautious, super, like, crisp and technical. And I'm, I'm looking forward to a – you know, and enjoying the emotions of a fight again, but doing it a little more, a little more tact. So that fight, uh, it was in February. Was that with fans? I, I can't remember when they. Yeah, stopped. yeah, it sure was. That was uh, the John Jones versus Dominic Reyes fight card. That's right. Okay, so you're fighting with no fans this time. How? Well, are, you got to be excited about that to change it up a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah. I was actually hoping I would get to experience that. I, I, I like hearing. You know, my corner, I'd like to hear his corner. I'd, I'd like to hear my opponent, you know, even hard, whatever. You know, it, it's just I enjoy the, the, the psychology behind mixed martial arts. I actually wish there were more studies because, you know, I've been doing this a very long time. I've cornered a lot of fighters. I've been, I don't know how many local fights. And I've seen the full spectrum of how guys, you know, deal with, you know, the, the, the nerves of fights. I've seen some guys have panic attacks. I've seen some guys you know, not, not nervous at all. And, uh, and I'm just really, I'm really excited to see if there's a difference, there being no crowd. <clears throat> and what I feel like made up for like a lack of natural athleticism is I always had a really good mindset for fighting. Like I never really got psyched out. I kind of like, I liked the hardship. I don't, I don't know why. And, uh, and, and I'm curious to see if, if, you know, if there's any difference with no crowd, if I can, you know, do something to make my opponent more uneasy. But uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, so do you think the no crowd is going to play into your favor? I mean, I, maybe, maybe, you know, the guys who are making the UFC, you know, they're pretty ironclad. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But, um, you know, if, if a big shot lands or something, you know, I, I usually give my opponents a little bits of advice if they're cut open or if something's broken. I usually tell them. Not even to be mean, but, like, no, I won't say anything jerkish, but. It's just I don't know what it is about about it, but like you know, if you cut somebody, if you break someone's nose, and you tell them about it, and naturally they already know, it just pisses them off a little bit extra. So I'm hoping <laughs> I get I'm hoping I get to do that. So last question before I let you go, man. Let's talk about Habib a little bit. Um, he's the hot topic right now. Obviously, he beat Justin Gaethje last week, and he retired at 29 and 0. Everybody thought we had at least one more fight with him. Um, now he's being thrown in with goat debates and all that good stuff. How do you see Khabib's legacy after uh, going through the UFC undefeated, never knocked down, never even bled in the UFC? How do you see this guy's legacy? Because it's obviously amazing. Man, you're talking about a guy. I have been a Khabib fan forever. Uh, you know, I run a jiu-jitsu gym, and, uh, and you know, a lot of a lot of grapplers, wrestlers, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll take guy down and stall and try to win rounds. But, man, Khabib is the perfect example of like good strong activity, like doing damage, and using his uh, his grappling. You know, I've been I've been hyping up Habib forever. I'm actually very happy to see him, you know, have the most perfect record that's ever existed, and then retire when he's on top. And uh, 
and man, he's the man. I, I can't say enough good things about him. And then the way he beat Gaethje, just the way he took him down and transitioned and then got him down and it's triangle. The dude's just the dude's just otherworldly. But I think he easily deserves that number one pound for pound spot. Like Joe yeah. Jones is great, but you have to look at what they did outside of the octagon to make that, you know, best fighter in the world. You know, martial arts, it's not just about the fighting. You know, there's 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 different aspects. There's there's teaching, you know, there's there's being a role model, like when you have the ability to, to you know, reach a really, really broad audience. You have to set a good example. And, you know, again, Jones, one of the best fighters to ever exist, you know, wasn't the best person outside of, of actually fighting. So I think that's what makes Khabib an easy number one, <clears throat> number one candidate. I love it. That's awesome. That's, uh, and that's an aspect that a lot of people think about outside of the occasion because, yeah, I mean, there, there's more to martial arts than fighting. And, you know, I, I agree <laughs> straight up. Alex, I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, I'm looking forward to the fight. Where can everybody find you on uh, social media? Yeah, it, it's all pretty much the same. It's just Alex Morono MMA. Uh, I mean, I know I don't post much. I could, I could tell you, you know, what I think about social media, but I'm not. So uh, usually I'll post when I get a fight and then the result of the fight and then anything anything else that's like big fight news, that's, that's going to be about it. That's all good, brother. Uh, you there, though. I appreciate you, man. I'm looking forward to it. Take it easy. Thank you to Alex. Much appreciated. That was a really good talk. Next up, we're talking to your boy, Eric Anders, former linebacker at the University of Alabama, which hurts my feelings. But you know what? I'm still cool with Eric because he fights, and he's a beast when he fights. Don't forget his war with Tiago Santos on like two days' notice. It's absolutely insane. So he's doing another short-notice fight against Arroyo coming up here soon, and we get to talk about that. We talk about, you know, legends fighting long we just a whole bunch of stuff. We talk about LSU football, so get ready for that. I ask for mercy from himself. We also get into Nick Saban as well. Uh, I think that's a really interesting portion of the conversation. I hope you guys enjoy this section. So you are fighting uh, Antonio Arroyo at uh, on the 14th. And it's a short notice fight, man. Uh, tell me about the phone call. How did that go? Uh, well, man, I was out there on uh, Fight Island with uh, with Walt, with Walt Harris, getting ready for his fight, and uh, man, you know, they called me, and you know, feel good, and uh, you know, went ahead and said, yeah. You know. What's your What's your weight like? I know you've been bouncing back and forth between eighty five and two hundred five. Um, man, you know, it's, it's going to be a uh, a nice little weight cut, but. You know, I've done more with less time, so you know I'm not really too much worried about it. Well, well what was that the uh, the Santos fight? Because that was <laughs> super short notice, yeah. Oh uh, yeah, but I was only cutting to two hundred five. This fight. Oh yeah, right that's true. That's 85. true. I forgot. Right, that was his uh two hundred five debut, I believe. Man, that was a nuts fight. Do you do you still think about that fight? Ah uh, yeah, you know that was a super fun fight for me. Um, just because you know I, I like those wars. I like to stand in the middle and bang and. You know, Thiago was more than willing to do so. So, you know, um, I wish I can get more of those. Yeah, they're scared to stand with you, I think. <laughs> so, are you uh, are you in the bubble yet? Are you heading there right now? Um, well, coming back from Abu Dhabi, we stopped in Vegas, and then from Vegas we were supposed to go home. But man, I, I just went ahead and stayed in uh, Vegas, and you know, I'll, I'll do everything here. 
So, so what what's the bubble like in in Vegas compared to Abu Dhabi? Is it any different? Uh, well, I'm not in a bubble here in Vegas. Oh, you're yet. not there just yet. I got you. I got I'm you. In, I'm in Vegas, but I'm not in a bubble. They don't they don't put you in there until like the week of the fight. Gotcha, gotcha. So, what's your training camp looking like for this fight? Are you at the apex? Oh uh, yeah, the fight's at the apex, but you know I'll, I'll be you know going not apex. to the tour, tenth playing in Vegas with uh, Casey Halston. You know, getting work with all those guys over there. Gotcha. I was, I was talking about the uh, the performance center. My bad. Um, you gonna be doing anything at the performance institute? Yeah, I'm actually heading there now. Um, they got some stuff that's uh, they're gonna go with me about how to monitor my my rest and recovery and you know uh, how much I'm working, the intensity I'm working at, and things like that, so that you know I can peak uh, for the fight. Right. So, what's an abbreviated? Because you've done quite a few short notice fights. What's an abbreviated trans uh, or abbreviated uh, training camp look like for you? Oh um, man, you know I'm just gonna go balls to the wall. You know, cut this <laughs> weight and then uh, get in the cage. Yeah. So, are you doing anything in specific to train for uh, Arroyo, man? Or are you just gonna you gonna do you best? Um, you know both. You know, uh, I'm gonna do me. Oh um, man, there's there's a bunch of guys out here that can uh, move like him and, and emulate him, and I fought guys, you know, with a uh, with a game like him. Um, so, you know, um, like I said, just gonna go in here, cut this weight, and get to it. Right. So, what are your uh, what are your thoughts on Khabib? That was an incredible performance and uh, insane. I didn't think he. I never thought in a hundred years I'd see him retire at 29. You know, what did you think about the fight? Um, you know, it was a fantastic fight, man. It was cool to be there to see it, you know. Um, you know, the thing that surprised me the most was his willingness to engage Gaethje on the feet. You know, I think he outstruck him in that first round. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody saw that happening. And, uh, you know, it kind of made Gaethje look like a fish out of water in his own habitat, so to speak, on the feet, throwing bombs, so... You know, um, he's certainly in the conversation for the greatest of all time. You know, 29-0, and 0 and, you know, we've, we've hardly seen this guy sweat uh, in the octagon. So, I, you know, I'm sure that he's got a lot more physically, but, you know, I, I'm where he's at mentally, you know, it's probably the best thing, you know. And, uh, you know, we don't see a whole lot of athletes retire in their prime and when they're on top. So, you know, anytime that happens, you know, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's always a little bit of a shock, shock value, but. You know, uh, Khabib knows what's going on in his head and, and uh, what it is that he wants to do, and I'm sure that he's made more than enough money to, to be set. So, you know, uh, it, once you lose that motivation, you know, it's time to give it up. Right, and we saw that with Mike Tyson, too, when he lost his trainer, man. It's just it's not the same, you know, having having that, that anchor there by you. Uh, do you think more fighters can take note from him? Because we're seeing a lot of fighters stay past their prime. You think a lot of fighters will see, you know, him setting a precedence for this? Um, not really, because I think that he's made more money than, you know, the vast, vast majority of, of fighters. So he has, he can retire because, you know, he's financially uh, uh, set. Right. You know, a lot, a lot of fighters, you know, they don't have that financial backing that uh, or made made as much money as Steve did. So. You know they may want they may want to retire in their prime and 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 when they should, but their money isn't right, so they keep fighting past their prime. So you know I, I don't think that he's going to set a trend unless 
You know, you see guys making the kind of money that he made. Yeah, I think that's an aspect a lot of people don't look at um, when it comes to Khabib because everybody wants, you know, these fighters to retire and stuff. Like uh, Anderson this weekend, he's saying this is his last one and stuff. Uh, and everybody's like, he fought well past his prime. But, I mean, Anderson hadn't made the kind of money like Khabib or McGregor's made, you know? Yeah, you know, I don't know uh, how much and how much money any of those guys have made, but, you know, I'm willing to bet that Anderson Silva, although he may not have made the same amount of money that Khabib made, uh, I'm, you know, I'm sure that he's more than, than well off and, and good to go financially. Um, yeah. He's just, you know, competes at such a high level and, it's such a high-level fighter, you know, I think for a guy like him who at one point was invincible, it's kind of hard for him to realize his own mortality in the sport. Would you have liked to fight Anderson before you hung him up? Uh, man, I'd like to fight anybody, man, all the greats. You know, it was cool stepping in there with Machida, who, you know, he's probably not on the same level as Anderson in terms of legend status, but, you know, to go in there and fight a former champion and, you know, one of the best to ever do, to, do it, you know, it's a... Uh, an awesome opportunity, uh, something that a lot of fighters uh, want to do. Man, I was mad about that Machida fight, dude. I, I had you win it on the cards for sure. I, I left Hooters pissed. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, feel the same way, including myself. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm from Baton Rouge, right? So, I got, I got, I got to do a request for from you. Um, I need you to call Nick Saban up. Tell him the Tigers are hurting down here, and please, please, please take it easy on us. Can you do that for me? Uh, well, I mean, you know, lucky for y'all, um, Jen and Waller won't be playing. That's horrible for them, too. Certainly, uh, you know, an offensive weapon and, and lethal from any part of the field. But so, um, you know, uh, we have one less uh, playmaker on the field, so, you know, hopefully that'll that'll – that's the best I can do for you, man. <laughs> best I can do for you. Do you ever wish Nick would call you before a fight and chew you out so you fight, like, on a new level? Nah, I, I don't need to get cussed out or, you know, belittled as an adult, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but, man, you know, we have we definitely have more of, like, a grown man-to-man relationship now. You know, it's not – it's not player coach. It's more like um, I guess you could say like mentor uh, student. Now, you know, it's not X's and O's anymore. It's more about like life and you know decisions like financially and you know just being responsible. And you know the game changes when you know you're not playing ball anymore. Right. So you you still keep in touch with Nick Saban for real? Yeah, every now and again. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Eric, I appreciate you, man. Um, I'm looking forward to the fight. I'll be pulling for you, dude. Uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Eric Anders, E-R-Y-K-A-N-D-E-R-S. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Take it easy. Good luck. Last but not least, I had to put this one last. Bubba Jenkins, national champion in wrestling. Bellator, ACB. He's just signed with the PFL. Bubba's going for the million dollars, and he was on fire calling out Lance Palmer. Uh, we talked about that. And then we talked about wrestling, too. So I got some wrestling stuff in here for uh, the boys and, you know, everybody else who, who listens to this enjoys wrestling. So, guys, you're really going to enjoy this edition with, uh, with Bubba Jenkins.
check it out. I'm here with the bad man himself, Bubba Jenkins. Bubba just signed with PFL. Uh, he's he's kind enough to join us today, and I'm really excited to get to speak to him about MMA, about wrestling, and just about what's going on in his life in general. Bubba, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks for showing an interest in me, and you know I'm excited for this upcoming PFL season, man. So let's get this ball on the road, man, for sure. Love it, love it. So uh, I've been watching you for a while. Um, yeah, I'm just getting into wrestling. Wrestling is one of my new favorite sports, obviously. Uh, so, you know, going back and watching you at Penn State and at Arizona State, it's like, man, this dude's a beast. And then seeing you fight, it's like, yeah, he, he's always been a beast and he will always be a beast. So, uh, so you're uh, right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about PFL for a minute, man. I mean, you were at what? Bellator. Um, who else were you at? You were with. Um, ACA. Well, I think it's ACA now, but it used to be ACB. And then I uh, went to Bahrain and won a world title and then defended it. So I, I'm, so I'm well traveled. Russia, America, Dubai. I won my junior world championship in China. So I guess I'm covering it all. My bloodline's from Ghana. So, you know, I'm, I'm everywhere, dog. I'm special. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, uh, I mean, I was going to ask you what, what really led you to want to sign with PFL aside from the million dollar tournament, but that's pretty much the biggest, uh, the biggest kicker right there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's the million dollars, but it's also who's won the million dollars. You know, I've been beating up Palmer since we were little. So the fact that he's got two million dollars off of the tournament is like, man, I used to beat him for a Big Mac and an orange soda. Now they're going to put a million on his head. It's a it's a easy look. You know, it could have been five hundred thousand. The fact that we've already competed so many times, you know, is a great thing. So uh, I saw that he won it once. Oh, great. Good. Good job, man. That's amazing. Congratulations. And then he wins it again. I'm like. Time out. Wait. <laughs> they're going to give him, they just giving him away the money or what's going on over there? Like, why, why can't nobody beat this guy? I done done it a million times for free. What's, now we can have punches, kicks, and more athleticism. He got no chance against a boy like me. So that's just my feeling. We've been friends for a long time, and I would say this to his face, but, you know, it's going down. We don't look each other in the eye many a times, many a weigh-ins, and, you know, he know no different than what I'm saying. So I'm going to get to Lance Palmer in a minute here, but uh, let's talk about the the playoff system. You got to love that coming from NCAA wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Bellator, when I signed with Bellator, they had Bjorn and I signed with them in a sense because they had that tournament like bracket that it was not a lot, a lot of politics involved. You know, you, you win this match, you know, who's going to win that match and then you know who you're fighting and, and things like that. So I like that kind of King of the Hill, like atmosphere, King of the Hill, like mindset. Um, then they obviously uh, Bjorn bought out and Coker came in and they changed the plat- the platform and you know I was going on win streaks and never getting a shot at you know what I felt like was my ability to to advance myself I, they always wanted me to fight someone I already fought or something silly, silly like that or not give me the opponents that you know I felt would advance me to you know a title shot or something so you know we left and we went and got tough you know it wasn't that we weren't tough there it was just developing you know developing how I wanted to develop and you know, you can't Google experience, so you really got to live that thing. And um, I, I, I've been living this MMA thing since 2009, 2010. And, you know, I know I graduated from college in, in Arizona State and won the national championships in 2011. But 
my mindset and the transition for me, even going from Penn State to Arizona State, was MMA based, and you know it was it was you know where the hub of you know West Coast MMA was starting to t- starting to come from as far as wrestlers um, in the NCAA going into already a mixed martial arts field. So you know that was it, and you know I'm, I signed with PFL. Me and Ali's Ali Abdelaziz is my agent, so. You know, mm-hmm. him being connected with, uh, you know, so many people at PFL and, you know, he got me a really good deal and, you know, we're going to make a lot of money and I'm just, I'm just going to be hurting people for what I've always done and, and getting bigger checks for it. So if you do what you always did, you'll get what you always got, except this time I'm going to get fatter checks. I love it. Yes, indeed. So how did you get linked up with Ali? Uh, he liked the way I was rocking, man. He liked the thing about Ali, man, he's, is he's um, I would say he's a kingmaker in a sense, right? Uh, yeah. I was running the ball for myself as far as going to Brave and winning championships and getting sponsors. And, you know, I speak for myself. I'm pretty intelligent as far as, you know, being able to know what I'm worth in a little bit and and, and not, you know, piss off too many people while asking for what I'm worth. And when I got with Ali, he was like, you know what, I like what you've done. I like that you've become a world champion. I like the way you speak. I like the way, you know, you, you're the real deal. And, and Ali's a, a great tale of talent, of course. If you side with Ali... You know, you're probably the real deal. You're you're one of you're, you know you're one of the toughest fighters in the world, at least wrestlers. You know, he's got all the best wrestlers. He even has Lance Palmer, which is yeah. you know n- no worry of mine. You know, it's just like okay, cool. You know, I, I I have wrestled kids on my same team for the spot, so I gives a damn if you if you're managed by the same guy. You know what I mean? So you know, uh, after he was like, look at this uh, PFL tournament, look at the format, and oh by the way, you know Palmer's a two time champ, and you know. I said, well, you said enough. I'm on my way. <laughs> so y'all got linked up recently then, yeah? Uh, let's say around this point last year, probably a little bit earlier. But, yeah, it's been about a year. Uh, cool. The PFL really put a, a um, you know, the COVID, not the PFL, but the uh, yeah. COVID-19 really put a, a halt on a lot of business things that I had working on and I'm building in Africa and things like that. So uh, I had I should I had already been performing for, you know, for the PFL and, and getting after it and showing Ali my worth in, in the bigger picture. But timing is everything and yeah. you can't change that. Yeah, you'd be gearing up for the playoffs just about now, you know, one more fight possibly. So, man, let's talk about the uh the uh i'd be the, on my way to a million i felt like the really? COVID cost me a million that's what i feel like <laughs> well you know everyone won. no i lost a million dollars this year <laughs> a million dollars in the madison square garden main event that's what i felt like i lost so i, well, I don't want to hear none of that about nobody else yeah yeah you're right so you feel like you match up well with palmer obviously you you've had a history right absolutely absolutely so let's talk about wrestling a little bit mm-hmm. um like like you mentioned earlier penn state uh, for three years, and you transferred to Arizona State, won a national championship. Penn you, State for four years. Four years. I'm sorry. My bad. Four years. I'm, I redshirted my senior year, which is rare, rare, very rare. Yeah. Uh, I redshirted my senior year and transferred out and pinned the Penn State kid that they did want to pick over me when I was there. And half the reason I transferred out, I pinned him in the finals, which was really funny. And and, and good, you can't, can't write that script. But it happened. Be careful who you choose. So, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about that. Um, on, I, like on your Wikipedia page and stuff, it says you didn't like how Cale uh, Sanderson um, taught. Tell me a little bit about that. What was what was the what was what? the thing? 
Is that what my Wikipedia says? That's who what it does, says. About to who change? does Wikipedia? I don't even know who did mine. I, I need to talk to him. But no, that's a false statement. I I, I love the way Kale Sanderson coaches. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Kale Sanderson. I mean, he's proven over the last ten years. He's won you know seven, eight national championships or something I mean, like that. Even and, I, and I'm gonna give him an asterisk for the first championship he won. Because I recruited those guys. We had the number one recruiting class in the country before Kel ever showed up in state college. And I took every one of them boys on their recruiting visit. Every one of them on their <laughs> recruiting visit. So I know the ins and outs of the team that they won with because that was the team that I was really the captain of. Not just in saying I was the captain. I was named as a sophomore, true sophomore, the captain of the Penn State wrestling team. And everything changed when Kale got there because he wanted control over his program. It wasn't that I wasn't okay with his coaching. Me and him didn't see eye to eye. Um, you know, I was very immature, very, uh, you know, I, I wore a jacket of cockiness and confidence because I'm, you know, a black kid from Virginia wrestling in, the, in, in one of the more predominantly white sports as far yeah. as like, you know, in, in, in Virginia and the atmosphere that it brings. And, you know, we're still in the South, as much North as we are, it's, I'm, you know, I'm wrestling in the South and, you know, not too many people are okay with, you know, this, this braggadocious, you know, kind of, you know, I'm the Allen Iverson of wrestling. How about that? Let's just say, let's yeah. say I stay with a do-rag and some baggy clothes and, you know, the blue-collar people wasn't really feeling that. So I was the Allen Iverson of wrestling and he's from Virginia. Um, so I definitely put myself in this Michael Vick, Allen Iverson type of fancy style of everything. You know, my wrestling style was the, was the crossover AI style of how you do it. I put my own little Virginia flair on it. And it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because in wrestling, you're supposed to win, shake hands, and get off the mat when I'm I'm not about winning, shaking hands, and get off the mat. That's why wrestling almost got kicked out of the Olympics because it's just too boring. Kids are watching Instagram. They need this 15 seconds of highlights. And wrestling's like, you know, seven, six minutes long. And some, some people don't even know what's going on unless you get a guy who's going to beat that ass and then celebrate and tell you all about it. Then you start to understand, oh, this is okay. It's got some stuff. Now they start in celebrations. I got the best NCAA celebration of all time. So, you know, now they're starting to see, oh, yeah, we were supposed to allow people to be themselves, not force them in a box to That's say, shut up and wrestle, you know. It's style. That's all it is. So I got a question. You say you're the AI, AI of wrestling, man. AI's most famous moment is when he uh, crossed the hell out of Ty Lu and just stepped over him, sunned him like that. What's yeah. your AI moment like that? My AI moment was probably shooting the ankle bands down uh, against Kale Sanderson in the corner. You know, I shot the ankle bands up in their direction, then I kind of shot them down. And uh, that was probably my AI, like, don't mess with me moment. Then I had my arms out like I was Debo on the block. Like, who else wants some of Debo? You know, and it was in Philly. So it definitely didn't make the crowd go well. That was a crowd that rooted for me. That was my fan base. That was my team. That was, you know, Philly. They came out to State College many a times. It's not a, not a long drive. So for the national tournament to be in Philly, and there's nothing but blue and white Nittany Lions in the crowd. And for me to be an ex-Penn State guy, and then pin the Penn State guy and then have them boo me was even more of a like, yeah, y'all used to cheer, but now y'all booing. Is, I, I, have, I have a tendency to do that to folks. I'll unique. turn you back. That's a unique experience. Do you and Kale still talk any? We did. We do. Um, I actually did an exhibition match for Kale two weeks ago in State College. We squashed our beef. We had a long, great conversation. I wrestled three Rocking. times. 
three-time national champion um, Jason Nolf. I, I did a little exhibition. It was a quiet thing. I didn't post it everywhere. Oh. In our primes and in his prime and at the right weight, been a different story. But, you know, I came through having having fun and not really looked at it as a serious thing. But it was to really squash the beef, get back in with Kale in a sense, and, and let the Penn State know. Penn State fans know I got no hard feelings. I'm a Sun Devil. You see the picture. But, I like it. You know I got no hard feelings for the for the state college folks. Y'all help me out. I had a great time. I was a national champ on and off the map. So, yeah. you know we had a good good time there. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, the uh, wrestling like with the Rock fan <coughs> that, that Nittany Lions been putting on the wrestling club up there, uh, wrestling underground. Do you have any interest in doing stuff like that? Would even PFL permit that? Yeah, they let me do it last two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, you just said that. I wrestled that exhibition match, um, and I'm looking at uh, – I just heard some news about James Gallagher. Um, you know, I think uh, the, 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 the colorful-haired kid didn't want to wrestle him or grapple with him or something like that. Um, and I think that kid's pretty tough. Uh, uh, yeah. He lost a Cheeto, but I think he's pretty tough. But nonetheless um, – he didn't want to wrestle or he didn't want to grapple Gallagher and Gallagher has been running from me since Bellator days. That's, that's Connor's little sister. So I'm trying to find his ass and beat the hell out of him. I'll strangle every wrestler in the sport. You ain't seen a wrestler like me, boy. Tell him to bring it. Yeah. So we'll see what Chael Sonnen does because he needs a partner and I'm willing and able. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Chael, you're listening. I know you are. Chael didn't listen to my pocket. Chael, you're listening. <laughs> Bubba wants to get on. So last question before I go. Um, the hottest topic in wrestling, Dake and Burroughs, who goes to the Olympics. I know you're picking Burroughs. JB's the man, bro. JB's the man. Burroughs is the man. It's hard to, to go against him, but whew, Dake changes every every six months. Look, Dake looks different, you know. Um, and, and Dake has come close, and Dake is getting closer, and Dake is probably a little bit more hungrier and focused because he knows – it's just it's just him at the top with Burroughs. You know, Burroughs has every Burroughs is like the uh, Golden State Warriors, the um, Chicago Bulls. Huh? Are you disrespecting Taylor? No, Taylor's Taylor's up a weight. He didn't even he's not even. Oh yeah, that's right. He didn't go up a weight. Taylor, Taylor went up a weight, and I still think he's got a whole problem to deal with with Valencia. You know, yeah. the, the Arizona State kid. But you know, I'm not disrespecting Taylor because Taylor got disrespected by Burroughs and then left. So that ain't that ain't got nothing to do with me. That's and the magic man just disappeared. I don't know where he at in that weight class. So, you know, Dake's the only one that stuck around, and Dake's been taking L's for a long time. And I think after eating all those L's, you know, you get a little bit hungry for a dub, and ah, it's hard to go. If I wouldn't bet on him, I wouldn't bet on against Burroughs, but ah, Dake. You gotta make an official prediction. Are you going with Dake? No, can't do it. Not in public. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Burroughs is my guy. Going with Burroughs. <laughs> But it's going to be close, and if there is any chance, it's it's sooner than later. It's now. Yeah. Uh, Dake is a little bit younger, and like I said, probably a little bit hungrier. But JB all day, son. I like it. I like it. So when's PFL coming back? They got a rumor they're coming back next year, early. April 23rd, I believe. And okay. if I'm not on the first card, I'm, I'm in the crowd fighting someone that night. I'm telling you. Uh, I'm catching hands. It, it needs someone's catching hands. It's been too long, too long. So I need to get back in the cage. And they said they're having something in April. If they not letting me fight in April, I'm fighting somebody in April. Greg, <laughs> watch out, dude. Coming, for you. coming back, man, and I'm excited. I knew, I do know that they took the right precautions. And some people were, you know, beefing with them about this, that, and the third. And there are other fighters like, oh man, you gotta sit him down. And, 
I understand that, you know, they, they got a game to play. They got a politics and they got, you know, the election and they got, you know, their, their investors and things like that. It's not just as easy as the other organizations are doing it. PFL is a more intricate uh, um, organization. And if they're going to halt, you know, the ability to, to make a million dollars, it better be good for good reason. And the world's dying. The world is in a pandemic. And, you know, I think that's a really good reason to say, hold on, guys, let's Let's figure it out. And I know that there are other gyms and other, I mean, other organizations that fought, but, you know, you got to do what's right for you. And, you know, I, I, I don't count other men's pennies. I like it. I like it. Bubba, I appreciate you, man. Where can everybody find you on social media? Man, I ain't hard to find. Uh, I'm Bubba Jenkins anywhere you look. Um, so Bubba Jenkins MMA, just Google me, dog. I'll, I'll, I'll show up. Ain't none of my shit private. Ain't nothing blocked off. You message me, I message you back, and it's me running it. So, you know, I, I run the rock. Until until Ali came through and started negotiating for me contractually, I was running everything, and I still am. He just got me locked into the PFL deal, which is an amazing deal, and shout out to him for it. But other than that, man, I'm easy to find, and I ain't hard to reach. So you can talk to me. I'm down to earth. I don't beat some people up, and I don't see the stars, but it's all good with me. Hey, so look, when you win the million dollars, don't forget about the little shows that, that was on with you before oh, yeah. then. So show me, uh, give me an interview, dog, right before, right after. I'll let you know what it's going to be, and I'll let you know what it was when it happens. Awesome. I'm going to shoot you my number, my man. Take it easy. I love, appreciate you coming on. Thanks to Bubba. Thanks to Eric. Thanks to Alex. Thanks to Dylan. Thanks to everyone who listened to this show. It's greatly appreciated. Make sure you get it all these guys on social media. It really helps them out. And yeah, you're going to be seeing a lot of these guys from the future. I'm digging this show style. It's actually really fun. And it's, I, I'm, I don't know. I just like it. So yeah, this is the way. This is the way. That was a Star Wars reference. <laughs> Anyways, get at me on social media. Twitter, Blaine Henry TFL, the Fight Library. I will have that in the bio. Um, get at me on Instagram fight library i got the good handle <laughs> and also get at me on facebook the fight library so yeah guys i appreciate everyone who came out y'all have a good week enjoy the fights this weekend enjoy the wrestling enjoy the boxing yes there's so much going on i can't keep up with it i'm out later yeah, yeah, yeah.